Hey there, bogus listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, your bogus host, Bryce Shoemaker, a.k.a. Mr. Bogus himself. And uh, it's been a while. Actually, it's been a year since you've heard my voice. And I missed you. I've missed every single one of you. It's been way too long. Sometimes it takes a pandemic to get some motivation to get the show back on the road. But I am so happy to inform you that we are working on a brand new season. That's right. You got your best friend, the man with the plan, Jamie Killsby, helping us coming up with some amazing nostalgic content and producing some of the raddest episodes you have ever heard from the Bogus cast. So while we are working on editing those and preparing all those episodes for you, enjoy these reruns of previous seasons. And uh, I have to say, this highlights the Bogus cast. So this is the first time you've ever listened to the Forever Bogus podcast. There's a great opportunity to kind of get you caught up on your previous seasons and kind of get a feel for the show. Because on August 19th, Wednesday, August 19th, we are premiering a brand new season. And we cannot wait to share it with you. So whatever podcast platform that you're using right now, find us, follow us, review us, and share us. Because we're coming back. We're coming back for you. We'll see you on August 19th with brand new episodes of The Bogus Cast. So it's very true. The guy who played Barney, the guy who was in the costume, uh-huh. he now runs a tantric sex business. <laughs> you know what? I would check it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want him touching me or my wife or anything. I don't even I, actually I don't know, want him man. looking at me. Honestly. I kind of trust the dude. I watched the dude for like three or four years of my life. Solid. You know what would be the best is if he still <laughs> if he still had the Barney voice. Like he was like, <laughs> okay, now penetrate your partner. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, bogus listeners. <laughs> Make sure you, you let her walk on your face if you're into it. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, seriously. I think we're already scaring off our listeners now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Forever Bogus Podcast. And it's me, still your summer baby, soon to be 30, B-Boy Bogus Bryce. And it's me, sun's out, guns out. <laughs> Uh, ready to get the show started. Yeah! <laughs> Man, your beard is looking more luxurious and sexy every time I see you, man. It's looking yeah. good. It's too bad that this is an audio medium because I've got the guns out, I've got the suns out, <laughs> right. I've got uh, gains out. I don't and, know what gains uh, are. You're calling your guns gains? Oh, no, the waistline gains. Oh, well, you like a 32, 34, 34? I, you know, it's, I'm just trying to take up as much mass as possible. You know, you're only in this world for a limited time. I want to take up as much space as I can. You're damn right. You're damn I wanna, right, Jamie. I want to take up three seats on the train. That's my goal. <laughs> there you go. In a movie theater. That's a, hor- that's a horrible goal. My 500-pound life. 
so this is pretty much a surprise midsummer episode. So it's not really the season premiere, but it's something to kind of hold you over while we're working on the new season. Yeah, there's a lot of things to love about the summer, and we're not going to be talking about any of them today. No, <laughs> no, this summer heat has gotten me itchy for some reason. I don't know why. I don't really enjoy it right now. It's funny, right as the summer was starting, I remember like hyping it up, like, guys, there's so much to love. And like a weekend, I'm like, it's hot. <sighs> well, you, you do a lot of day drinking recently. I don't know why. I so, don't. I don't really Day like drinking it. and being out in the heat doesn't really mix that well. Unless you're like floating down a river or something. It's not, it's not my, I'm just a man of the people. That's what the people want to do. <laughs> okay. And that, so that's what I do. I bring the noise. Right. Let me start my intro over again. Hey, what's up? It's me. Sun's out, guns out. I bring the noise. <laughs> bring the noise. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give a round of sound for sun's out, guns out. Bring the noise, Jamie. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It's going to no, look great on a t-shirt. Nice. It's going to look fucking great on a t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. But it is the dog days of summer. Hell yeah. So we were thinking that we would celebrate by highlighting some famous dogs of our youth. And I'm going to do my best the whole time to not let out a cringer of a who let the dogs out joke. Dude, have at it. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. You're not going to? You okay. think you're gonna? You think you lost listeners with the Barney tantric sex thing? Well, that guy. Well, wake up. Well, wake up, uh, sheeple. That's a true story. It is a true story. Look it up. Google it. Vice did an article on it. You know your most right. trusted website if you want to read articles about people sucking each other's toes. Yeah, make sure that shit's credible. So we chose uh, six famous dogs from movies, TV shows, commercials, whatever from our childhood. Yeah, and we both chose three picks each. And this is a little cel- celebration of summer. And whereas mm-hmm. you know we're in the dog days of summer, we could have talked about memories of the dog days of summer when we were growing up. We, we decided to take it literal and talk about some of our favorite dogs in pop culture. And uh, <laughs> what's actually really nice about doing these sporadic episodes in the summer rather than the back-to-back weekly shows is I watched every movie in full that I'm going to talk about today. Oh, wow. Because I have more time because we're not doing it week That's to week. That's true. Yeah, you can't really do that. more time in between. Thankfully, and I've, mine's like a commercial, a TV show, and a movie. So I didn't have to do that much watching. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'd, I had seen the movies already that I'm going to talk about tonight, so I didn't have to, but... I figure, uh, you know, sun's out, guns out, go hard, <laughs> go big uh, or go home. I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to write a bumper sticker on this show. Sun's out, guns out, bring the noise, man of the people, party on, <laughs> party that's, on. There that's my. Bu- it's a long bumper sticker. It covers your whole bumper. <laughs> the whole bumper. Yeah, it, you can only have it on during the summer, so you have to rip it off. Yeah, when you rip it off, you you just like you might as well just throw the car away because it destroys it's the true. whole car. Trade yeah. that shit in. Trade it in. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> without further ado. Let's bring out the guns. Let's bring out the dogs. Let's bring... Wait, did you hear that? Yeah. Oh, no. Somebody let the dogs out again. Who did that? I don't know. <laughs> Who? Who did let them out? All right, Jamie. Go ahead and kick your list off with your first pick. We're here for the dog days of the summer. dog days. I, I wanted... I, I want to bark. <laughs> Uh, so first dog I want to talk about is Gonk. Gonk. Do you, do you recognize the name Gonk? Uh, Ovira? Yeah. Oh, good job, okay. buddy. <laughs> uh, full name Algonquin from RuPaul's all-time favorite movie, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, from 1988. Directed by SNL comedy producer James Signorelli. 
Oh, and it, and it truly is RuPaul's favorite movie of all time. I did not and, know that. Uh, it was very interesting back in the uh, early part of the '80s when RuPaul first started showing up, and people would, were like, "Hey, that's kind of a hot chick." And the people who were the in were like, "Hey, yeah, you know what, buddy? You got a yeah. you got a big storm <laughs> he's, coming." He's uh, <laughs> so Gonk is a medium-sized white poodle with a black and hot pink dyed mohawk, a single black dyed ear, and a decorative spiked collar, sort of like a a punk rock poodle, if you will. Yeah, I can see that. And I'm going to totally dress Lady Bird up, my dog, for Halloween as oh, Gunk. Please. That would be amazing. Give her a little spray in the mohawk. There you go. So are you going to dress up as Elvira? I'll try to talk Kate into dressing as Elvira. I'm just no, gonna... no, 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 no. I want Jamie to dress up as Elvira. <laughs> do a little hey, RuPaul. Maybe... Then... <laughs> Actually, if I want to get all those Instagram likes, that's what I got to do. You're right. <laughs> Break out the cleave, my man. Um... So, in, in the, if you hadn't seen the film, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, what are you doing, dog? I know, seriously. See it. It's only been out for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Elvira acquires Gonk pretty early on in the film as part of her inheritance from her great aunt Morgana. Mm-hmm. And she changes the name from Algonquin to Gonk, citing that Algonquin was kind of a wimpy name. Well, I think she was right. I think... She kind of helped boost the dog's confidence. Yeah. Like, even though it's kind of a gunky name. Yeah, gunky wonky, gets that great mohawk. Everything's looking yep. good. That's uh, right. There are people who have tattoos of gunk. You know, gunk really? is, is the real deal. Google gunk if you will, if you're feeling funky. <laughs> um, so this is, here's a really weird fact. Because I wanted to give, you know, the, it's so hard to just say, I'm going to talk about this dog from this movie. What really is there to talk about besides describing the plot briefly or whatever? I didn't want to get too much into Elvira Mistress of the Dark because I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the dog. Yeah. Gonk. But gunk was voiced by Fred Welker. Does that name okay. sound familiar to you? No, I don't well, think so. Well, he is the voice of quite possibly, objectively, the most famous pop culture dog of all time, Scooby-Doo. What? Yes. Like the yes. original? Yes. Oh, I did not catch that. Now, I, there's no way you would have caught it, because Gonk doesn't have any spoken lines, as far as I could recall. So it's just like whining and barking. So Fred is just, yeah, Fred Welker is just barking on the microphone. God, what a life he would—he lived, man. Can you imagine, like, yeah, come on in the booth. Yeah. All right, uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Go ahead and do it with a little bit more energy. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend you're a poodle with a pink mohawk. Oh, yeah. I get it now. Oh, okay. Okay. Explain the character to me. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the film uh, in Elvira, Elvira inherits uh, this this house and, and all this crap and from her from her great aunt. Mm-hmm. Um. I won't go deep into the plot because, like I said, we're not here for that. But I will tell you that Cassandra Peterson, mm-hmm. Elvira herself, wanted this film to be directed by Tim Burton. And he was interested. Ooh. But he was busy filming Beetlejuice at the time. I'm kind of glad that he did not take the job. Beetlejuice is a phenomenal film. But could yeah. you imagine if yeah. Tim Burton oh, yeah. did direct this? There, well, if there's a there's an alternate reality where Beetlejuice was directed by like some idiot and, uh, yeah. and Tim, Tim Burton, Burton did this. directed it and it's and it's amazing. I bet you, yeah, I bet you that reality is amazing. Sure, um, but I love Beetlejuice. One of my top probably five movies. Me too. Now, I go ahead and I bring up Tim Burton. I think that's an interesting fact, but I bring him up because he has a connection to a dog of his own. That's right. Frankenweenie, which is actually going to be in one of my original picks. And even though it's not, it doesn't matter because it ties us into the big circle of dogs. Yep. 
And that's all I really want to say about Gunk. If you want to see a dog with a pink mohawk, get out there and see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which is RuPaul's all-time favorite movie. <laughs> the sachet away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you follow that up, man? I mean, Elvira Mysteries of the Dark, RuPaul's all-time favorite movie. I really don't know how to follow that, so I guess I'm just going to wing it here. Dive in like a swimming pool in the dog days of summer. I'm just kidding. I'm kicking my list off with a huge bang. Oh. Because my first pick is Spuds McKenzie from the Bud Light commercials. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you talked about him. That's (laughs) great. (laughs) And there's just so much... To know about Spuds McKenzie, there, he, which we'll find out later who he actually is, uh, has a very rich history. So let's just get into it. So Spuds McKenzie is a bull terrier created to use in an advertising campaign to market Bud Light beer throughout the late 80s. Spud's first appearance was in a Bud Light commercial for the Super Bowl back in 1987, which gained a lot of popularity pretty much overnight. Gosh, you know, I was born in the 80s, but I really did my growing up in the 90s. And mm-hmm. uh, I, gosh, I would have loved to be around for the Spud boom. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> if only we can go back in time just for the Spud's boom. Yeah, no, that's all I would do. Literally, if I had a time machine, I, I would go to KB Toys. I would watch Bud McKenzie commercials. It would just be a waste. Here, <laughs> yes. Here's this technology to save mankind. Yeah, I gotta yep. go to KB Toys. I, I'm just gonna go to KB Toys, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you gotta tell me more because I know there's a lot to Spuds. There is. Okay, so like I said, Spuds gained popularity pretty much overnight, which led to a lot of these commercials and advertising pretty much consisting of Spuds in a crowded bar, a busy party, a beach luau surrounded by women in bikinis, Bates Motel, which we talked about during our Halloween commercials episode. Oh, that's right. There's like a yes. corpse dog, right? Yes. That, so, oh. I mean, there's, there's a lot to that commercial just in general. But yeah, yeah. Th- this spawned so much merchandise. Like, there were Spuds McKenzie's beer mugs, koozies, shit ton of t-shirts, Christmas ornaments. Even plush dolls, which would lead to their demise. How? Wait, that's that. Okay, go on. Sorry. It's okay. I'm in fucking love with this dog. (laughs) Right? So needless to say, Spuds was huge. Like even starting to attract uh, popularity globally. Like it's, Mm. it's crazy. So unfortunately, not everybody loved Spuds McKenzie. Who? Give me their name. All right, here we go. Senator Strom Thurmond. Oh, yeah, name of a supervillain. Sure. <laughs> St- Doesn't like a dog. Big surprise. You might just call him Storm Thudhard or something. Yeah. <laughs> something more St- villain Here, enter. Hey, I'm Storm Thudhard, and I hate dogs. <laughs> and I hate dogs. All of them. Even ones <laughs> named Spuds. All right, that's a problem. So this senator began his own media campaign, claiming that the Anheuser-Busch company was using Spuds to appeal to younger children for the purpose of getting them interested in their product at an early age. That's an old man, you oh, can yeah. tell, because let me let me tell you something. When you're young and you're trying to get beer, it doesn't matter what brand it is. It doesn't care who the mascot is. Even no. if they didn't have a mascot. It could be fucking Natty Light. Love you, Dad. Yeah, dude. I fucking... All we drank when I was first, like, underage drinking was Steel Reserve because it was like a yeah. dollar. 
Yeah, and you, it, I can it, still have that metal taste in my mouth. That's I mean, a that's a that's a dummy. But he's just trying to make money off of off of this whole campaign. He sees an end, so you might as well take it. So Anheuser Busch put the nail in Spud's coffin by Christmas of that year because they ran a commercial that was all Christmas themed with Spuds dressed up as Santa Claus, which is actually <laughs> illegal in some states. Wow. <laughs> I'm not joking. Look that shit up. Ohio especially. So Anheuser-Busch was sued and taken to court by multiple agencies. The Federal Trade Commission found no evidence to support the allegations that Anheuser-Busch was pitching the dogs to kids. However, they decided to retire Spuds in 1989, claiming that the character's image was starting to overshadow their product. This is the same people who wanted uh, the Camel Joe off the cigarettes because they're like, yes, he looks too rad and kids are going to want to be like him. He wears well, sunglasses. You know what? <laughs> okay. It's true. He was rad. and I did want to be like him. He was pretty fucking rad. And when I decided, I was like, I want to start smoking because that's super cool. I got a pack <laughs> of Camels. And guess what? It hurt my throat and I never it smoked did. again. It didn't yep. matter that there was a Camel You should have got it. the lights, man. Should yeah. get the camel's unfiltered lights. Steal your mom's Virginia Slims are like a mile long sticking out of your face. You gotta yeah, you have like your friends all the way. Friends a block away to light your cigarette. Jesus. Oh, poor yeah. Spuds. Good times. Good times. So yeah, poor Spuds. But here's the kicker. Spuds McKenzie's real name was Honey Tree Evil Eye. What? Or Evie for short. Okay, that's my new band name. <laughs> <laughs> you can just call yourself Evie for short. Oh. So shortly after Evie's rise of fame, it was learned that the dog who was portrayed as a male in the commercials was actually female. She is so far ahead of her time. <laughs> right? With the, with the gender norms, you know? This is, this is so rad. You, you thought Spuds was rad as it is. Spuds uh, defies gender norms back in the right 80s. Now. So she was amazing. And she had a full career ahead of her, even outside of Anheuser-Busch, because she would go on to be the mascot for a surfboard company called Salty Dog. Oh, really? Yeah. And you can still look up pictures now. I think the company is still going on. Still has Spuds McKenzie as a now, mascot. was when she was the surf dog, mm -hmm. was she still Spuds or was she a different dog now? She was not no longer Spuds because uh, I think Anheuser Busch still owned the rights. Oh, to so that it was like character. licensed, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, exactly. So a different character, same look though. But unfortunately, Honey Tree Evil Eye passed away in 1993. That's very sad, and I kind of would hope that she would live forever because in the one commercial she was a vampire. That's true. So, so in some other universe yeah. where Tim Burton directed Alvira, Spuds McKenzie is a vampire. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> now that's the fanfic I want to read. There you go. <laughs> there he is. What a happening dude! a super party animal. Yeah. His name is Spuds McKenzie. A barbecue inside. Do -do -do, a barbecue. And a cold but light. Puts him in a party frenzy. In a party frenzy. He's Buds McKenzie, Bud Light's original party animal. All right, Jamie, what do you have next on your list? Okay, folks. The next dog's name is Floofsums. <laughs> okay. F L O O F S U M S. Floofsums. Floofsums. Okay, where's Floofsums from? Floofsums. 
is from the low-budget horror movie The Boneyard, made in 1991. <laughs> oh, okay. You told me that you were going to cover this, but I thought you were going to cut it out, so I'm surprised to hear this. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll get into that. Okay. Okay, and look, go ahead and look up the artwork, and then you'll see why I wanted to cover this dog. It's sick. And like, There's I think actually Prism, a- did, did Prism release that? Uh, I believe so. And the interesting thing about the VHS release is that it came with two covers for rental stores. Yeah. Uh, it came with one that was uh, more plain and dark that was to be pitched to the horror section. Mm-hmm. And then it came with a yellow one that had a picture of Floofsums on the front. And, uh, well, I'll get into why Floofsum is so interesting. Floofsums is first seen as a dainty by appearance yet angry and aggressive white poodle. Mm-hmm. Who belongs to Miss Poopinplatz, who's the graveyard <laughs> shift worker at the mortuary that is under investigation by a detective and a psychic for a possible connection to a string of strange occult-like occurrences. Interesting. So, as a poodle, Floofsums wears a pink bow on her head, contrasting her overall unpleasantness as she barks at everyone passing by and biting at their ankles and barking. She's a bitch. She's a little I mean, bitchy dog, yeah. But yeah, putting yeah. it lightly, she's a bitch. <laughs> but after Floofsums gets separated from Miss Poopinplatz after the slowest chase scene you've ever seen. <laughs> it lasts like 15 minutes. It's a slow, because it's 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 Phyllis, 90-fucking-something-year-old Phyllis Diller chasing a, like, a not to be mean, but an overweight woman. And yeah. they're running, like, zero miles an hour. And it's and they're playing this like this intense music. Very it's intense. the slowest chase. It's so fucking dumb. And uh, that Floofsome gets separated from Miss Poop and Platts at that point. And you see her eating some zombie guts on the floor that transforms her into a giant eight foot tall mutant zombie poodle monster that walks around fucking on its awesome. hind legs and crashes through walls like the Kool Aid Man and yes. knocks pipes off the walls and tosses oh, people yeah. across the room. Just a really cool, giant-looking monster. And after an epic rampage and battle through the mortuary, Floofsome meets her gruesome end when the psychic, Allie Oates, tosses a stick of dynamite into her mouth, exploding into a million pieces. Which is great. I love that scene. So I, I have one thing I wanted to say just real quick. I was talking with a buddy about this not that long ago, actually, and we were trying to find this connection between this and the return of the living dead. Like we felt like oh. there it was somewhat of a of a of an overlap. It's very interesting. Well, because they both they, there's a little bit of like a lot of return of the living dead takes place in that uh, mortuary. Yes, and it's the same thing with with uh, with this movie. The problem is that with the the main difference between those two movies is that Return of the Living Dead is one of the best eighties horror movies ever. And this movie, oh, yeah. this movie fucking and zombie sucks. movies ever. Yeah, this movie sucks so fucking much. Um, <laughs> yes. Except for the last ten minutes. That's the thing. When <laughs> Floofsome turns into a giant monster in the last because here's the thing. The cover of the poster is Flusum as a giant monster. So that's what you've signed up for. Yeah. You're like, oh, I want to see that poodle as a giant monster. Let me tell you some folks. It doesn't happen until the last 10 minutes. And granted, those last 10 minutes are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But the rest is 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 dreadful, dude. It it's fucking, like dialogue heavy. It fucking sucks. They're, it's so it's, well, it's just it's 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 so stupid. Um it's this detective and he's an old dude, an old boring dude, uh, who's, you know, investigating these occult-like occurrences so he enlists his old psychic pal who he, he uh uh you know i guess had solved some cases with in the past mm-hmm. but the psychic is is 
like again, I don't want to be mean, but it's it's just not your regular front woman. Which at first I was like, oh, that's cool because she's kind of mm-hmm. like heavier and older, not old, but older. You know, middle aged. They should have just picked Zelda. Like, like if it, yeah, it so much yeah, better. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, uh, I I was like that'll be cool. You know, they're they're do, but it's just it's so she walks so slow. There's mm-hmm. these intense running chasing scenes but she's running so fucking slow there's like not a whole lot happening for the first it was actually i am somebody who likes b horror movies a lot especially mm-hmm. the bad ones and yeah. this was just not doing it for me i i i found myself checking the time like every five yeah. minutes i was like is this fucking I, thing I'm i over? would say it's a slow burn but there's really nothing that happens in between the beginning and yeah. the end like, it's like it's basically a like imagine a firework with a fuse that was like a mile long, and it was just like a pop at the end. You know, <laughs> no, you, it's you, like it's like a snake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's some excitement, but it just you, falls flat. You wait all this time, and you're like, God, I, is when's this dog gonna turn into the monster? And it's literally the last ten minutes. Do the movies on YouTube? Watch the last ten minutes because it is objectively awesome. Seeing this yes. monster bust through the walls like the Kool Aid Man and it's good smack people effects. and through you know it's it's so cool. Um, yes. the rest of it fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting pick, Jamie. Yeah. I, I you know what the thing was I uh, I was debating whether to talk about this one or not, but I was like I just watched that whole fucking movie. I, I, <laughs> you have to get some worth out of it. I got to do something with that. <laughs> All right, so talking about bad things media-wise, including a dog, let's go to my next pick. Yeah. My next pick is Eddie from 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with your pick so far because you went the route <laughs> of picking the ones that we needed to talk about, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. bringing up these ones that are just, just wild cards. <laughs> wild cards that are just polluting people's <laughs> minds. I love it. <laughs> so 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd was a Nickelodeon show that premiered in 1999, created by Tommy Lynch, which that name should ring a bell because he created Secret World of Alex Mack oh, and yeah. The Journey of Alan Strange. Hey, uh, what? Uh, gosh, Shelby Wu, what's her deal? She's a detective. Okay, now Alex Mack is the one that turns into Capri Sun and floats around? The liquid, the Capri Sun liquid. Okay, yep. cool, cool. I was just making sure I got okay, that right. Okay, that's all right. We're on the same page now. So, Eddie McDowd is a school bully who terrorizes his classmates. Eddie makes the mistake of being obnoxious to a drifter, played by Richard Mole. Oh, Night Court. Yeah. So, this drifter has magical powers that turned Eddie into a dog. Now, he has to perform a hundred good deeds to make amends before he can return to his human form. I love the plot to this. It's kind of a cool plot, yeah. If I caught wind that... My elementary school bully turned into a dog. I would kick that dog in the mouth. Um, <laughs> just going to be straight abusive? Then I would feel really bad because I'd be like, hey, dude, can you confirm for sure that this is him? I don't want to kick a random dog in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because the only human that Eddie can talk to is the last kid that he bullied. <laughs> oh, man. So I feel that, bad he's for lucky the... that He's lucky that kid that has a heart of gold because I would not be helping him <sighs> I know, out I know, I'd be the same way. I kind of feel bad for the kid. He's like, now I'm responsible yeah. for this fucking terrible dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he have to pick up his bully's shit? I'd imagine that he has to. <laughs> I mean, it happens off screen and during commercial breaks and stuff. Yes. I remember, like, when I was asking my dad when I was a kid, like, I was like, hey, dad, how come cartoons don't blink ever? And he was, and, and like, he paused for a second. And he was like, 
Well, they blink the same exact time as you, so you don't see it. Oh, that's a good answer. And uh, I guess the answer, in, like, using that same logic, what, hey, when does Eddie McDowd shit? <laughs> uh, during the commercials. During commercials, or when you blink. Every time you blink, yeah. he takes yeah. a quick <laughs> Every time you blink, he shoots a nug. <laughs> so in an interview with Tommy Lynch, he described that he spent over a week auditioning hundreds of canines to find the right fit for the part. Lynch said during this interview that I needed something that was a little rough, but at the same time had an emotional core to him. And we looked, we looked, and we looked, and I wouldn't have looked over at 700 dogs if I had any clue what I was getting myself into. But I wanted the dog to be like a kid. I wanted him to have a real kid perspective to him. So eventually, he found the right dog, which was a an Australian Shepherd slash Husky named Rowdy. Oh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. So this dog looked very unique. Uh, if you've if it's been a while since you've seen a picture of Eddie, go look it up. He, like I said, he's an Australian Shepherd Husky, so he's got kind of the mix of brown and gray in his fur, but he has these bright blue eyes. I'm gonna look him up right now. Very unique dog, and I think. I think they were right for choosing this dog out of the 700 dogs that they auditioned. Yeah, his, his bright eyes really make him stand exactly. out Exactly. It's just, it's, it's yeah. different. So on top of that, Rowdy was an excellent actor and had a great personality. So they had everything that they needed, but they need to cast one more person to play the voice of Eddie. Oh, that's... Do you remember who they casted to do the voice? Dude, I am so foggy on this one. <laughs> okay. I actually so... am Googling images of him, and I'm seeing that there's a Halloween episode. Right? It's a good, it's a good episode. So they brought in Seth Green to do the, the voice of Eddie. Oh, my God. That's right. Dude, yeah. This is this is in the recesses of my mind. Yes. Holy shit. It, I went to go do a little bit of research, and I, I knew it was Seth Green, but hearing it come from the dog's mouth, like, just fucked with me. It really messed wow. with my brain. <laughs> I'm so glad you talked about this. This is this is, in my opinion, what Forever Bogus is all about. I agree. Uh, it's like you know, this is uh, reminding people of things that they absolutely have forgotten mm-hmm. about. It's, it's in there. Uh, it's in their brain, but like in the depths, depths part, like the information that you don't need to know, but you still somewhat store it. And we just pull yeah. it out. It's almost like it's like a dream or something. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Dad. So, the show was successful with its initial season, but lost traction during its second and third season. So, after 40 episodes and 40 deeds, the show was canceled forever. But did they know they were canceled and finish the, the deeds off and or anything like that? <sighs> Unfortunately not. So, Eddie will forever be a dog. Well, he's not a dog anymore. He's nothing yeah, now. Yeah, he's probably dead now. So <laughs> He's reduced to ashes. That's what you get for being a fucking bully. That's right. So if you're a bully out there and you're listening to the Forever Bogus right now, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Is Eddie McDowd a kid or a dog? I am not a dog. Okay, you're not a dog. You're a kid. Right. A rotten kid who was turned into a dog by this guy. And now the only person who can hear you talk is this kid. And you're going to stay a dog till you do 100 good deeds. Right, but I am not a dog. Got it. 100 deeds for Eddie McDowd. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the obscure, like okay. like I like to do so much, and I'm gonna go with Max mm-hmm. from the low budget horror movie Man's Best Friend night from 1993. Yes, excellent choice. Now, actually, I'm, I'll get I'll get deeper into this, but I 
really liked this movie a lot. It's a good film. It's your bad horror movie thing, but it it, it does... It's better than Boneyard. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, the so bad it's good ideology. Man's Best mm-hmm. Friend is kind of so bad it's good. And it's also really fun. Um, whereas the Boneyard I just hated. Agreed. But, uh... We'll get into the we'll get into that a little further. Um, Max is a giant Tibetan mastiff with a Rottweiler color pattern who is genic- genetically, and it's sort of implied that he's cybernetically enhanced. However, <laughs> however, we'll 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 get into that a little more too. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but he escapes from the Emax laboratory where he was genetically engineered, while our main character Lori is attempting to do this like. Geraldo Rivera style expose on the lab and their experimentations mm-hmm. on animals. And uh, while being chased out by guards, Lori gestures for Max to hop into her car to make the getaway, which he does. And it leads to this instant connection between the two. Oh, turn hooch. <laughs> yes. Um, at that point, Dr. Jarrett, the main engineer behind the Max project, is hell bent on retrieving Max. Noting that in the right hands, Max can save thousands of lives, and in the wrong hands, he could end them. You see, Max is... Is that the tagline of the movie? Uh, no, I just wrote that. I it wish could, it, it was. could be, though. Uh, <laughs> Max uh, is... He's crossbred with all these other animals, so he has the ability to... Like, he has a chameleon ability, so he can camouflage himself, and mm-hmm. uh, he has, a, you know, whatever jungle cat... Ability, yeah, so uh, gene so he could climb up high. the tree and jump high and he has all yeah. these different things um, the v- the VHS cover and the poster has it so you could see like his inside and he looks like a robot dog yeah but it's that's wrong yeah he's totally never false. really it's, he's never really implied that he is a a robot mm-hmm. uh, which would actually be kind of cool <laughs> um, so throughout the course of the movie uh, we see Max eat a cat hole uh, brutally murder a mugger, cut a brake yes. line, scale a tree. Oh, oh, and he pisses acid out onto an enemy's face and burns him alive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember the most from this movie. Yeah, that's a great the part. Battery acid piss. <laughs> he blends into his surroundings like a chameleon. He jumps over several cars in one leap, murders a whole bunch of assholes, and that's just to name a few things that we see Max do. It's like course. the first 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he, he goes buck wild. He does. And actually, it picks up, too. Like, it's it starts strong, it has a little expose, or bubble, whatever you call it, and then yeah, it picks little, up yeah. again. Um, yes. In a very big way, and that second, on the final third, is, is very exciting for this movie. Yes. Um, the marketing of this film, like if you hadn't seen it before and you just watch a trailer or see a poster, uh, it sort of makes it look like a Cujo kind of story, like just yeah. a, a bad dog who's going around murdering, like a, a slasher dog, essentially. And it's funny that you say that because I remember watching this on TV and I thought it was Cujo for years yeah, yeah. until I finally watched Cujo and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Wait, this dog's not a robot? This is stupid. Yeah. Um <laughs> But, the, you know, it's kind of the opposite of a Cujo or a slasher dog because mm-hmm. you find yourself, and I, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody, but I think that most people will find themselves, like me, rooting for Max. Yeah. And even through his rage-fueled rampage in the final act, you really do root for him. And in, He's a bit of a Frankenstein. Yeah, exactly. Like he's yeah, he's like, portrayed as a bad dog, right, but right, really right. he's a good boy. I mean, 
it's a combination of how you may root for Jason in Friday the 13th. You know, you know he's the bad guy, but you're like, yeah, let's see it happen. Come on. Yes. But also, he's kind of a good dog. He's just defending Lori, the the lady he took to this whole time. Yep. And then, I mean, he starts to lose it a bit at the end and go a bit nuts because as we were described by Dr. Jarrett, uh, mm-hmm. once this, this, this kind of medicine or solution that he's on wears off, he's going to go fucking nuts and just kill everybody in sight. But mm-hmm. you still see him sort of defending Lori and, and you're really like, no, you know what? Like, I had the wrong idea. I thought this was a slasher dog and he was going to be evil. Like, I love this yeah. dog. I want him to – because everybody that gets in his way – is kind of a fucking asshole. And now I want to see a T2 style. Oh, yeah. And, like, he comes back, but he's from the future. Yeah. <laughs> back from the future. He's defending her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, Max has the moral high ground throughout the film. Uh, when you see him kill somebody... It's not him just being a crazy dog. It, this guy fucking burns his face, and then yeah, he holds a fucking torch to his face, and then okay, well now you're fucked. And now Max is gonna rampage and kill yeah, you. Yeah, you're, you're being abusive. Um, he wasn't a ravenous rabies dog. He was just this genetically powered. I want to say cyber mutt, but he's not really a robot. They just goofed that on the poster. Um, yeah, and he's constantly surrounded by assholes. <laughs> now I don't. I I like I said. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. And I I do recommend it. Whereas I can't really recommend Boneyard, um, mm-hmm. so I do want people to watch it. So I don't want to give up too much if for people who haven't seen it and how it ends. But I will say that the final death, or well, what can I say without giving up too much? Um, you can say death scene. Well, there's there's two deaths right at the end. And you'll you'll know which one I'm talking about, but it's great. It, it's a good payoff. Yeah. Man's best friend. Well, my next pick. Uh, is has a lot of rewatchability just because there's like a whole franchise based around this one character and that is Buddy from Airbud. Airbud, he's my buddy getting some air. You really did good picks today, man. <laughs> Thank you. I spent a lot of time on my picks. Well, we had uh we had the freedom of the summertime so we can really That's uh, very true. do our summer reading on this, you know. <laughs> yeah, get, get all the the stars for the bucket. Get, the, get that personal pan, baby. Get those Pizza Hut points, baby. <laughs> so, Buddy was a golden retriever that starred in the 1998 Disney film Air Bud, and Buddy was known for his basketball talents, so he was an obvious pick for the main role of Air Bud. And I don't know; it, it's been a while since I watched Air Bud, and I actually put this on to kind of get some. Some ideas and uh, talking points, which I got nothing out of. I got more out of uh, a book that was written about him, which I'll talk about later. You really did your summer reading. I really did. You really got those Pizza <laughs> it was Hut It a really points. short book, but <laughs> I did. You know what I did? I didn't read anything. I watched movies, and it, as I, as we brought up that <laughs> reference, I was thinking, you know what I should have done as a kid? I should have lied and said I was severely dyslexic, and I have to watch movies to get the pizza points. Hey, god damn, that's a great idea. See, another reason why we got to go back in time. Scam the system out of personal pizzas. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Come on, teach. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, 
The movie Air Bud is about a young boy that comes across a stray dog, which is uh, Buddy, that is surprisingly really good at playing basketball. He, the, the younger boy, convinces his coach to let Air Bud join their team so they can win the championship. But as they get closer to the championship, Airbud's original owner finds him and takes advantage of his new talent to make money for him. Blah, 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 blah. All that shit's just not, not very interesting at all. <laughs> and the movie itself is subpar. It's, it's okay. It's about a basketball dog. Objectively, it's a horror movie. <laughs> not, not a horror movie, but a horrible movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. <laughs> but it would be interesting to cut it up to make it seem like it was a horror who's, movie. Who's a better basketball player? Air Bud uh-huh. or um, Ernest when he gets the, the magic shoes in Slam Dunk Ernest? Oh, Ernest. All right, cool. That's the, that's yeah, the only correct answer. Down, like, Thank you very much. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the air yeah. with me. Anyway, what's more interesting is Buddy's life, career, and legacy. So Buddy was born as a stray at the beginning of 1988 in Nevada. He was later found by Kevin DiCicco? I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm just going to call him Kevin right now. In the summer of 1989. So Kevin found Buddy while he was out in the mountains. was like, hey, Golden Retriever, the hell, you should come home with me. So soon after, Kevin started training Buddy in sports such as basketball, baseball, football, soccer, and even hockey. Wow. Uh, and, And he plays a different sport in pretty much every movie, right? Well, he doesn't, unfortunately, but he was trained to do all of this, and this is pretty much where he's got to start. But his favorite sport? Basketball. B-ball. B-ball! We could, so, do, a, we could do a whole show on, on fictional b-ball players. <laughs> we really should. Ernest. Bud. Uh, aliens <laughs> from Space Jam. Um, Robin Williams uh, and Flubber. Yeah, and Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Uh, Teen Wolf Teen 2. Wolf two. Teen Wolf the cartoon. <laughs> there you go. Uh, See, we're already we're already busting it. I bet you there's well, more. I'll, I'll I'll cut this audio part out, and it'll be like a two minute long episode. Let's do a two minute episode about b ball. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. Anyway, so Buddy's favorite sport was basketball, and what Buddy would do was bite down on the basketball so it would project forward. And Kevin caught on to this and started to oil up the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. He he started oiling up the basketball. Yeah, yeah, Peta on the horn here. (laughs) That's a that's an oily dog. But uh, so when the the ball was really oily, uh, Buddy would bite down on it and it would project even further, which is how they got most of the shots in Air Bud. However, Air Bud was not Buddy's first gig. His first appearance was on America's Funniest Home Videos. With Bob Saget. Yeah. Hey, I'm a dog. I'm playing basketball. <laughs> yes. It would not surprise me if Bob Saget did and the, the voiceover and, character for him. And the fucking audience was throwing the yucks at Bob Saget. Oh, man. They thought yeah. their guts were hurting. Oh, man. no. I'm laughing I, so I, I hard. I hope I don't fall into this pool. And the audience. <laughs> <laughs> God damn Never it. heard anything so fucking funny. days. I miss those days. Well, this was before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so Buddy would then gain further fame bouncing a basketball off his nose into a tiny puppy-like basketball hoop on David Letterman's Stupid Pet Tricks. That's not stupid at all. 
It's not stupid. That's pretty fucking rad. I actually gotta, I gotta take great offense to that. I know. I don't like David Letterman that much, in a way. I really don't like Jay Leno either. I saw him in an interview, and he was he was getting uh, his beard touched up uh, by one of the dudes uh, from... Uh, oh, the Fab Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, he was kind of being a prick through it. Yeah, I saw that. All right. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Buddy would continue to do, like... Uh, Local work, on, like on commercials and stuff like that. Then he would land his first big gig on Full House as an ongoing role as their beloved dog, Comet. Oh, fuck. Wait, what? Yes. Are you bullshit? <laughs> no. So Airbud becomes the becomes the Full House dog? He was he was Comet, the Full House dog, before he was Airbud. I feel like this is a dream. I know, right? But no, no shit. You're serious. So Airbud Air became... Yes, he played Comet. Oh, man. So he was comic before he was Airbud. So from there, he went on to star in the 1995 drama film Fluke. What? Which is another like like main lead talking dog movies. This have you heard of this? No, this dog fucking rules. This dog is amazing. That's why I'm having him as my last pick because there's just so many cool things that he's done. He's literally lived a full career in his lifetime. This dog might be the goodest boy. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good boy. He really is. <laughs> so I have never seen Fluke before. I did uh, some research on it, and I looked at some trailers and stuff. It seems kind of interesting, like kind of one of those uh, dog that lost its owner thing. But the coolest and most interesting point of the movie is that Fluke, which is played by Buddy, his best friend in the movie is a dog voiced by none other than Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as a dog. Do you know what year this was off the top of your head? 95. Holy shit. He's hot off of the case of fucking Pulp Fiction pretty much at that point. And, Actually, I think you're right. And, I think that was 95, yeah. Gee, and then he's like, I'm about to do this dog movie. My <laughs> career my career is in the shitter. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, I mean, that was cool. I think I might end up going back and watching it just for shits and giggles because Samuel L. Jackson's playing the dog. Wow, and it's, it's interesting. But unfortunately, the movie was a total flop and did poorly in the box office. It did so bad that we never heard from Samuel L. Jackson ever again. <laughs> ever again. His career he was never in a movie again. <laughs> However, Buddy was still sought after for many years to come. That's good. He was actually nominated for Favorite Animal Star in the 1995 Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. I would love to know the competition on that. It was Milo from The Mask and Beethoven from Beethoven. Well, you know what? I I wanted to stick with like horror movies, but I <laughs> Beethoven might be one of my most watched movies ever. In my really? life, and it not but David Duchovny is so good. It's, I I just it was great like background noise when I was a kid. I just would loop the tape over and over again as I was a kid. It's an, like it's an, it's an easy watch. It's it's, it, it's an easy watch. It's the first movie I actually played to uh, Lady Bird when we took her home from the from the show, uh, the rescue. How cute! Yeah, but unfortunately, Buddy lost to Milo from The Mask, which is. Total bullshit. That's horseshit. Like, that's that's. I demand a recount I, right here I, I, I on the agree. Forever Bogus podcast in 2019. We are going to do a recount. Can you actually do that as a poll? Do a <laughs> recount of the best doll? Because you know what, you're going to have to do that. It's rigged. Because okay, it's it's rigged, Jamie. No, it is bullshit. No, no, because it's, Buddy it's worked so hard and he is in so many movies. He did for all these years. I know. And then we get this one jerk off dog who was actually a very good boy. He was cute. That was it. <sighs> 
There was no acting. Only to carry this mask. <laughs> it was just because Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey carried him over the line. Yeah, I, I guess so. Oh, I'm frustrated now. It's okay. So he would continue to go on to have uh, more roles on Full House. He was doing more commercials and stuff. And he finally landed his biggest role of his career, which was Air Bud. And this was Buddy's big break as they were talking about starting a full franchise based around his character Air Bud. He became the star of a movie. Yes, exactly. So Buddy was on set for a majority of the production, which only lasted one month apparently. Yeah, you got to get that shit done quick with a dog, I suppose. <laughs> Obviously, I guess. So as they got closer to wrapping up the production, Kevin started noticing some like health issues with Buddy. And soon after, they actually had to amputate one of his hind legs because he had cancer, like really bad joint cancer in it. I hate this. I feel like this happens on majority of uh, of our episodes. Like it, it ends on like a bad note. And unfortunately, that's, that's where we're heading towards. Well, you know what? B- Buddy will forever be the kids choice award best dog in my heart forever yes 1995 <laughs> fortunately though this did not slow buddy down at all as he continued to take jobs showing his talent on random talk shows and commercials and gatherings but he ended up passing away six months later due to complications from his cancer so i believe that his cancer kind of spread from there and this was only a month or so before buddy's 10th birthday and just a few months before they started filming Airbud golden receiver this is gonna make everyone cry i know i'm sorry bogus listeners his, his legacy lives on man it does kevin started a production company uh pretty much dedicated to buddy called buddy films inc oh they would go on to make 11 more films made in buddy's honor based off of his character Airbud. Buddy is just the goodest boy. Uh, he is. That is a top-notch, A-plus pop culture dog. I inspired to to be more like him. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what celebrity can't have rape accusations hold, held against him? Buddy, a dog. <laughs> it's so true. He's just... That's going to come he's out. He's just pure. In the news. He's just pure as hell. <laughs> he tried touching me. Yeah. He smelt my butt. He sniffed my crotch for an uncomfortable amount of time. Yeah, he's a dog. <laughs> All right? Get out of here. So Kevin, his owner and trainer, would go on to write a book, as I said at the top of this pick, that was released in 2012 about Buddy's life called Go Buddy. Aww. And it just included, like, the beginning when you first found him and, and the mountains in, in Nevada. And he does that really kind of cliche line, like, yeah, I may have saved Buddy, but in reality, he Buddy saved, saved me. me. Um, <laughs> I, this that's great recommendation for reading. That's going as we are in the dog days of summer. That is going to be my summer reading for the Pizza Hut points. There we go. That's perfect. I'm going to get such a big personal pan pizza after reading that. <laughs> On December 23rd, the fur will fly. Disney's Air Bud. <laughs> Well, that's it, man. We went over six rad dogs for the dog days of summer. Let's do a quick award show. Okay, okay. Presenting the award for best dyed hair and makeup. Gunk from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Come get your award. Yay! Yay! All right. And presenting goodest boy. In a child series, Eddie McDowell. Yeah! 
Hey, congrats, Rowdy. Presenting the award for the goodest dog in a terrible movie, Floofsums. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, come get your award. Boom. Yeah. Hey, 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 stop that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. And presenting the award for the best dog who is portrayed as a robot in his movie but is not actually a robot in his movie, Max from Man's Best Friend. Yeah! Love you, Max! <laughs> best dog can't, uh, in an alcohol commercial, Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> An award for the best overall goodest boy. Mm-hmm. Drum roll, please. Buddy! Buddy! Yeah. For all the chips, for all the bones. Yeah! <laughs> all these dogs get trophies because they're all good I boys agree. and girls. They're all great. And. I'm glad that you brought some more of like the obscure horror stuff, and I'm glad I brought some of the more like nostalgic, kind of wacky things. So overall, man, I think that was a pretty fun it show. It was super fun, yeah. And I, 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 I discovered throughout this process like a, a movie that I really love, uh, which is Man's Best Friend. And yep. I actually, I will, uh, I, I probably will read that that book about uh, Bunny. I will say it's a pretty dry read. I kind of skimmed through uh, most of it, but like the the stories that I read and what I told on the show are really good. Like he has some pretty good story storytelling skills during those parts. But overall, don't expect something amazing like that Ernest book that you recommend. Yeah, maybe there's a maybe there's a, an audible uh, read by Samuel Jackson <laughs> or Buddy himself. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then the motherfucking dog <laughs> got an acting job, ruined my fucking career. Worst movie, <laughs> worst movie. The kids don't even like me. Kids don't I like wasn't me. Even nominated, smacked the shit out of a kid. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, bogus listeners. We will hopefully be back in September to bring you brand new season of the Bogus Cast. But as you found out today, we're very unpredictable, so... We are pretty unpredictable. We're shooting for early September, because I want to get a few episodes in before we go through our boogus Halloween season. Yeah, it's going to be that, but it's going to be a year since we've been podcasting before you know it. That's true. And look at us, man. We just keep getting better and better. They're, they're loving us and, and dog heaven. Getting more and more fun you know, every time. There are like three different cartoon dogs I want to bring up, but like Oh, uh, there were so many more. There were so many more. Uh we maybe we could do a another episode on yeah, this. A part two. Yeah. And guys, you know, you're in the dog days of summer. Think about some dogs. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, until then, Jamie. Yeah. Remember to be kind. Who let the dogs out and rewind? <laughs> and who let the dogs out and we'll all stay? Y'all should know this forever bogus. Y'all should know this. This be the best podcast in the universe. We got Don't run away too quickly there, bogus fam. I'm happy to inform you that we have brand new episodes of the bogus cast coming to you on August 19th. So don't forget to hit subscribe or hit follow on your favorite podcast app with Boom Howdy or Forever Bogus to stay informed. 
and get some updates between now and August 19th. We just cannot wait to share all the nostalgia with you. So we'll see you there Wednesday, August 19th. Y'all should know this.